Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi everyone and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we recognise their continuing connection to the land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Now, the lady we have on this episode today, I have only met in the last probably eight months, but I feel like I've known you forever, Shannon Dunn. I know isn't and isn't that such a beautiful thing when you do you connect with someone and you're like where have you been all my life because I feel like I know you but how we don't we haven't connected in person yet. exactly exactly <laughs> there will be one big hug coming your way when oh, that happens <laughs> now for the listeners that may not know Shannon just yet Shannon Dunn has been coaching in the business and leadership space since 2006 at the Thrive Factor Co her greatest loves when it comes to coaching focuses on her clients activating their effortless success zone and turning their abundance of wisdom into thriving income streams, all while leading without unhealthy unhealthy hustle, that's a bit of a mouthful, aka releasing the need to be busy and getting back to being in business. And she is also our much-loved She Will Shine Western, Western Australia Ambassador and hosts all our wonderful events in Perth. It's such a pleasure to have a chat to you, Shannon. I'm really excited about this conversation. Me too, me too. And I, I'm just, I always love these kind of things, Danielle, because it's like, what are we going to talk about? Like that, that excited anticipation of there's so many different kind of directions we could go, but like, what are we actually going to talk about? Yeah, exactly. And that's the beauty of having just a conversation, right? Yeah, you never know right. where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, which is great. It's great. So where, where are we starting? Oh, I'm going to ask you a question first. Did you ever think that you would run your own business, even yes. as a young girl? Yes. Yeah, 100%. So I now see, I didn't understand it, obviously, at the time in childhood, but I now see that I was kind of born to be a business owner. My dad went in and out of small business a few times and back to employment and that kind of thing because his parents had been small business owners. And while they'd retired from their kind of business when I was a child, all I heard was the stories about Nana and Pop's business. And, you know, I think it was very much Pop's business in the conversation, but there was no doubt in my mind as a little one that Nana was the boss and Nana ran the whole thing, right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they had a corner store and, you know, the, the family, my dad was uh, number two or five, the family lived upstairs and then they, you know, they ran the corner store and everybody had kind of shifts to help out with your know, Nana and Pop, like, and all the things that they were doing. And then my um, mum's side, my grandmother also was a serial business owner, like what we would call a serial entrepreneur, you know, had a finger in many pies of lots of different businesses. Also, a lot of those in the retail space, I don't like retail very much in terms of coaching. So I think that probably cured me. But, you know, as a, a young girl, I would go and stay with my grandmother who lives further south from Perth. And I would, I would say to her, I want to come to work kind of thing. And I would work with her in her stores. And I remember pitching um, to her when I was, I, I think I was probably about eight or nine, like no more than that. And I was, I've always been an avid painter, like an artist and, you know, it was children's art, but like I was, I was kind of proud of it. And I was like, can I sell it in your shop? 
And she's like, yeah, but you take care of everything. So I made signs and did all that. So I was marketing back then and not re- having any idea that's what I was doing. And I sold out all my pieces. So, that's you know, fantastic. no surprise to me then that 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 I became a business owner. And then also a particular time I remember in my, probably more my latter primary school into teen years when dad was having different challenges in his businesses. There were two different businesses and just... I guess as the, the eldest child in the family, I had some awareness of the stress that was going on and thinking this is not okay. And I remember, you know, having conversations, my dad and I, he's passed now, but we we're very close and used to philosophical, like have philosophical conversations about all kinds of things. And he would say like, it, it shouldn't be this hard. Like, I don't know what to do, but there was no people like me as a kind of business and leadership coach back then. He would read books. He would go to he went to night school like you know that kind of a thing in the, the 1980s we're talking um to learn about what to do but there was very limited resources and very much you were on your own um it brought out creativity but it was a real challenge and I so that I think planted the seed of no yeah. you're right it doesn't need to be this hard and one of the long-term taglines of my business is making business easier so yes which of, I love I absolutely love that yeah yeah, and that's what I'm here to do, like as best as possible to work with clients to make business easier. What amazing role models. Like firstly, your grandmother, <laughs> what a game changer and what a leader she was. Both grandmothers, amazing. And, and then having that, you know, like I didn't question about whether you, you could be a business owner as a woman because I saw that when I was, you know, under 10. I saw the real lived ex- examples of that uh, and heard about, yeah, you can be your own boss and you can do this and you can do that. So they weren't Amazing. always great. What they told me and what they did didn't always marry up, but they definitely instilled a sense of, yes, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want and go for it. Like use your intelligence, use your creativity, do make you make your mark in the world. And even with your dad though, like, you know, sort of trying to problem solve for him and then ultimately your business problem solves for him today. Totally. And it was interesting, even though, you know, he it's what six and a half years since he passed now. And I would say even up to the kind of six months before he passed, which I was what 11, 12 years into my business at that point in time, he'd say, are you sure it's okay? Like, are you like, cause that was his fear of the, and I know that there was uh, points in time where he felt he'd let us as his family down because he had to go back to employment and have a job. Whereas, you know, he's, a whole love and desire was to actually be his own boss um you know that's just an interesting thing so he still had that yeah. kind of you know fear and the it was the voice of reason and definitely when I had some which I have often kind of big bold ideas that are way beyond his comfort zone he would be okay now let's look at this realistically so he was a good measure and I still hear his voice in my head yeah. at times but equally I hear my own going yeah now nah, let's just go for it you've got that logical thinker in your head yeah. there with your dad but then you're like no nah, I'm still a dreamer I still can yeah. do it and yeah, yeah go definitely. for it so where did your business owner journey start Shannon because you've been in business for a long time now I have been in business a long time and it started when I was still working in corporate so my professional background prior to being in business my very first career or qualification I was a registered nurse long long time ago my mum was a nurse so that kind of just made sense to me but I've always had a fascination with human behavior and human interaction so working with people was what I was always going to do I think nursing was honestly it was an easy way to get started to actually have some kind of a qualification where I could work with people because I really just wanted to travel but I did knew that like going away in my early 20s, which so many of us do from Australia, right? We go on that pilgrimage so somewhere overseas uh, for a period of time. 
I knew I didn't want to do bar work or be a barista. Like there was no, nothing wrong with that, but I was like, no, I want a qualification before I go. I want to yeah. do something different. So I, you know, trundled off to the UK with my nursing registration in hand kind of thing and spent nearly five years there. So that was amazing. Got to travel and, and work in different parts of the world, both volunteering and also um, nursing and um, did additional qualifications over there. So I started counseling over there and other things and, um, you know, came back to Perth with a lot of a, what am I going to do now? Like, this is not it enough for me. Uh, and within 12 months of being home, I had started studying, uh, a, a, I think it was a graduate diploma in business management and focusing on marketing and small business management um, and kept working in corporate. I was working in the corporate health space at that time and then just made the most of all the opportunities to learn there um operations management quality manage all those kind of things that we don't think about in small business but are actually really really important communication strategy training uh and also that was my first introduction to coaching because we had a executive coach come in for our leadership team and that was more than two decades ago and was that like an aha moment yeah yeah so- sitting there and I remember the incredible coach that we had there was a we was a, a bunch of us were kind of new to being in a leadership team together frontline management kind of stuff and everyone had very different diverse backgrounds some had business experience but not much most of them were had come from nursing or clinical management backgrounds but managing people not necessarily our strong suit as a group of people that were just together for the first time and our boss at the time was like that's all right. We'll just get my coach to come and work with you guys as a team, right? So we met this in, enigma of a man called Digby. Like it was kind of this, he was uh, almost like a movie star rolling in. He had this really unusual name that we kind of- I met. love it. I even love his name. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very cool. Digby Scott. I'm still in contact with Digby. He lives in New Zealand now. He's, he's from Perth, but his wife is a Kiwi. So he's been over there a long time. He's still coaching. And he came with and, and worked with us. So he had an organizational psychology background, which was how a lot of coaches coming into or people coaching in the corporate or the business kind of bigger business space had all psych backgrounds I didn't have coaching qualifications kind of back then I said this is probably 24 25 years ago and honestly Danielle I remember that very first session the way like just sitting there and immersing myself and listening to him in paying attention to the way he was questioning us individually and as a group to the way that he highlighted challenges that we had opportunities for growth and change the just the way he kind of harmonized all of us which we were a kind of a a very um direct ambitious sometimes outspoken group of six women yeah not always easy to get on the same page <laughs> together and like just I was sitting there I was like what is this magical stuff he's doing like what is this and it was just honestly it was a moment of this is what my future looks like but at the same time, I was studying another qualification. I was doing my transpersonal art therapy qualifications, then did more business qualifications. So it took a while before I was like, you know what? I got to a point in my in the corporate career was like, I can't stay here. I cannot be an employee any longer. Love my love my role. You know, love the seniority of it. Love the the influence I get with it. But it's not actually good for me from a health and well being perspective. Yeah. And so there was this kind of time it got to. I'd been ten years in that corporate role or in that, in that organization. So my seed money for my business was my um, long service leave payout. 
Perfect. Yeah. Yep. And that's where we started. So I yeah. actually started doing my business kind of on the side while I was still working in corporate and working, you know, beyond full-time hours, really. I'd started doing things because I had my, my therapy qualifications and I had first trained or did some internal training from a coaching perspective and I was doing additional learning around actual coaching qualifications at that time so I started working with clients back then in a more of a kind of a therapeutic possibly life coaching way but I knew that business was where we were going to go like it sounds like it was such a natural progression yeah it was even with you know the therapy um clients you were taking on that kind of thing it all kind of evolved and amalgamated into this beautiful thing that you're doing now it did it just you know if if I tried to script it I wouldn't have been able to right but if you look back in hindsight it's like of course it just kind of all flowed and even way back you know when if I think about friends that I've had through all of this time people that know me well even some parts of my family some of parts don't kind of still get what I do but people who really know me well and know what's really on my heart are like yeah of course you studied things like counseling and therapy and coaching and of course you work with business owners like it just on the outside, it made sense to people and it just kind of, yeah, it just happened. I'm very strategic and conscious and intentional about what I do, but at the same time, it's just continued to unfold. Like it was kind of like a script that was written for me and I'm just playing that out. Because of that, were you like, were you worried about going into business or did you kind of feel like, like we said, the natural progression? I guess I I'm sure like it's hard to remember I know I did have some worries and fears you know I was married at the time I'm no longer in that relationship but I remember you know having to have a conversation with my um, husband at the time and sort of you know I was giving up quite a significant income to be into my own business and trying to he's not a business person. He's never going to be self-employed. That's just not the kind of the the way his family works, the way he was brought up, very different to me. And he couldn't understand why you would want to give up security of an, like of an income and super and, you know, leave being paid to you. And he just thought that was just a bit stupid. right? So that was my, probably my biggest hurdle. I wasn't fearful about that. It was like, how do I navigate this and, you know, get him to understand that, this is it's not not killing me that was an extreme way but that I could no longer continue doing what I was doing and here I had amassed all these additional qualifications and experiences and had this burning desire inside of me like I had to I had to do it differently so you know I did things like I got myself a two-day a week part-time job in kind of related to what I'd been doing in corporate uh, so that there was some income coming into like for my contribution to kind of our mortgage yeah. and all that kind of stuff but I gave myself a like a mission, if you like, it's like within 12 months, my business will have replaced this income and be be able to um, cover its expenses. So I won't need this job. And 11 months and one day I resigned from that job. Oh, wow. That's like how, when I get my my focus, I'm off. So it was just that the fears of just navigating, you know, different things that would come up. Like, you know, the, doesn't matter that I'd studied marketing, Marketing from a business, bigger business and corporate sense doesn't teach you how to get clients when you're in small business or an entrepreneur, you know? So it's like, how do I adapt to the skills that I've got? And how do I actually, you know, get clients? How do I get clear on what I'm actually even doing? Yeah. You know, very much like I think a lot of us when we start, I can help anybody and everyone. Yeah. Of course, that doesn't work. The doors are open. Come on in. Open. I've hung my sign out. I've put a website up. Like, where are you all? You know, so there's lots of things. And I don't think there was a lot of fear driving that. It was more, I'm a very curious individual and I love to learn. And one of the other things I did with that very first when I stepped out of corporate and I had that, as I said, kind of like seed money to expand my business was I hired my first coach, yep. business coach. 
and really took as much as I could, like I sucked that experience dry to take as much as I could in terms of learning and challenging, getting her to challenge me. It also helped me to expand my coaching skills by working with her as a client and seeing how she did things. So yeah, that was a, an incredible gift to be able to then move forward without letting yeah. the kind of obvious fears that come up doesn't mean that they haven't arisen on and off over the years of anyway. course yeah. yeah yeah but there was like you said there's so, there so much like you can prepare for it you can do all the study in the real but there's still so much on the job right training yeah. that you're only going to get on the job and experiencing it I can go and study you know endlessly in the coaching space which is an interesting thing and kind of a side conversation in many regards because coaching is a I know it's referred to as an unregulated, but it's also the other way to look at it is a self-regulated industry. You don't require a qualification of any kind to call yourself a coach or be coaching, which I don't, that does not sit well with me. I, um, and I think, I know, I think I know that comes from my background in the kind of counseling and therapeutic space of understanding things like scope of practice and when to refer and duty of care and, you know, safety and that, that kind of thing for individuals, because just because we're working with someone's business mindset, doesn't mean that there's a whole, not a whole lot of other things from their human aspect going on that you need to kind of be able to work with. That's right, so, which we know goes hand in hand, like yeah. business mindset and just life mindset yeah. are intertwined. Yeah, they are. And when we're in small business or, you know, entrepreneurial, then I think the awareness of how intertwined they are is quite a shock for a lot of people because something happens in our business it will affect our life something happens in our life it'll affect our business you kind of can't separate the two like you can when you're an employee and you can leave your job at 5 p.m or whatever your finish time is and pretty much go home and not really think about it until you go back the next day you're you know you've been in business a long time too now you're on all the time you know you're thinking about things you're considering things and I don't I'm very good at being able to switch off, but it doesn't mean that I don't have some awareness in the background of, you know, a conversation I may have had with a client yesterday where they were upset about something that was probably personal more than business. And, you know, just that caring nature because you are human. And I think as well with what you and I both do and with a lot of other service-based businesses as well, you you care so much about your clients and how their, you know, how their successes. Mm. And so, you know, because you have that... Um, it's not just a, it's not a transaction. It's a personal interest, and it's, you, you're personally invested in helping someone to succeed in life or business or whatever it may be. And because of that, you know, we're we're giving people, and you know, we we try and give as much as we can, but we do need to put those boundaries in place. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and they need to be boundaries that are both in support of you and your client. So they've got to take both in in you know interaction or into consideration. And I would suggest, though, that you prioritize boundaries for yourself. So if I look at things like a few years ago, in fact, kind of coming out of the initial phase into pandemic, right, three years ago now, um, I was like, you know what, the way that I've been doing business is no longer working for me. I was working at the time with different kinds of clients than I am now. I've kind of now where I'm at, gone back to the clients that are really on my heart that I've always worked with. But at the time, because of different networking I've done, you and I've had conversations about kind of other kinds of networking. I was working with a different client group and uh, there was a lot of men in business I was working with, which I'd no longer work with men in business. Uh, And a lot of them were in trades. So here I was getting up really early which I'm an early bird, but that's not the best thing to do is to go and use that earliness and be at at my office, which I had back then. And, you know, doing a client session at 7am because that works better for them. 
you know, no, who's, who's is actually better here? Because by the time it got to mid afternoon, my brain was kind of fried. And yet there was clients that still wanted to work later into the afternoon. So I, you know, that was not good. So I was like, no, wait a second, let's reframe. How do I put boundaries in place so I can be the very best version of me to show up for my clients? And as well, you know, being in business isn't the easy option, in my opinion. Going out and getting a job can be a lot easier. Like you said, you switch off at five o'clock and you don't think about it again till nine o'clock when you walk through the door. But being in business is hard. So it's kind of like, what can I do to make it easier on myself and what works for me? Like, I don't have to answer to someone else. I can create this business to, to make sure it works for me. Such an important thing to, to recognise and to actually really embody. And you know, I think like the hundreds of conversations I've had with clients over the years who are complaining about some situational experience that they're having with one or more clients. And when we look at the realities of it, it's come down to the business model that they have and the lack of boundaries, you know, and people are like, you know, my phone rings at, you know, ridiculous times of day. And I was like, well, it's your choice about whether you answer it or not. Put a message on your phone that says that you are available or you'll get back to them at X time or after X time the next day. If it's, if they're ringing you at 10 o'clock at night, don't answer your phone, things like that. You know, it's not that hard, but again, when we're in business and often a lot of people are driven by a fear of if I don't answer the phone or answer an email or do something when a client asks me at whatever time of the day or night or day of the week that is, that they'll either lose that client or they won't get any more. Yeah, they're driven by fear. Yeah, definitely. And a scarcity, you know, no, that's not the way to look at it at all. So, you know, you've been talking about how your business has evolved in that regard, Mm -hmm. Shannon. Um, how else do you think it's evolved over the years? I think the one of the biggest pieces of evolution for me was recognizing, yes, my love and gift for coaching, but also teaching. And I know you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I have created a an archetype framework, a self-leadership framework for women. If, 2009 so it's 14 years old this year and I've so that's been the cornerstone of my business for all of that time and in discovering that I recognize that I have um, gone through the own my own assessment process with that I have four archetypes of a possible 12. One of those archetypes is the mentor teacher so I'm in a space in my business where I teach a lot so yes I coach coaching and teaching are not the same thing teaching can come into coaching but a lot of my business programs that I run for women in business are a teaching experience a business education more than they are coaching there's coaching element in there Uh, so living out who I am and honoring who I am as a mentor teacher is one of my four archetypes is just second nature but that is was a huge evolution for me and that enabled me many years ago from working really one-on-one with clients to adapting or evolving into a one-to-many model so that that also increased profitability did a lot of other really cool things gave me an opportunity to actually design and create courses that maybe run live or you know self-paced kind of things and really look at well what content have I got what kind of gaps may I have uh, out there and what are my ideal clients what are they actually looking for and what do they need so I could put together things that work you know for them and I've gone from the big kind of lengthy signature programs these days my business model is more shorter programs so I kind of run a live program every month have some self-paced things and in addition the then the massive extra evolution was recognizing that that framework that I created the self-leadership framework of archetypes called the thrive factor was actually something I could teach to other business women yeah, yeah, so that they could use it in their businesses. So 2019, yeah, four years ago, I launched that as a certification program. Back then, again, I was kind of 
I wasn't consciously holding myself back, but I didn't realize the enormity of it. I really didn't. So back then it was a certification just on how to profile your clients using the archetypes and a little bit about how to coach with the archetypes. It now is something that's grown into, it's not bigger than Ben-Hur, but it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> it is now an actual self-leadership coaching certification where you get certified and then licensed as a Factor coach. And it's just like unbelievable. I feel like this is my legacy to leave in the world is this yes. framework and all of the gifts that it offers to women, no matter where they are in the world. Um, I predominantly use it from a business perspective because I have had that long-term background in leadership and business. But I have, you know, coaches in my community that work in the healing space and the mindset space and the money space. So it's adaptable as long as your yeah. clientele predominantly are or completely are female-centric, then it's a framework that you could use in yeah. your business. I just love Shannon because like kind of you went through that that um the process that self-awareness kind of like you said you discovered what archetype you were you know the four archetypes that you were and it's kind of I think that self-awareness is so important as a business owner and going into business we don't realize that we kind of go into business for a need it might be a need for flexibility or out of frustration or out of a dream or a passion that we want to um, see fulfilled and out into the world to help others in the same situation but we don't think about the actual self-development journey that we're going to go on when when we do that I remember in the early phases of being in business and I was attending uh, a regular, it was like a a monthly kind of catch up, a little bit of networking, but there was, it was led by a a business coach that was based in Perth at the time. And she kind of did like a monthly workshop on something to a business. And I remember vividly remember her kind of standing on the stage and saying, being in business will be the biggest personal development journey you've ever been on. And I was like, okay, I kind of get that, but really? And then, you know, kind of onslaught, it all hit. Um, And I've, you know, been a personal development junkie my whole life. So I kind of felt like I had some personal understanding, again, having that fascination in relation to human behavior and human interaction, studying psychology, studying therapy, nerding out on Carl Jung's work, particularly around archetypes from my teenage years. I kind of had some good background. I'm so grateful for that in every single aspect of what I do now, that I've had those other pieces to bring to my experience in the way that I work with clients from a coaching perspective. Um, But I continually, to this day, am investing in self-awareness and in fact the thrive factor framework is a self-awareness self-understanding self-leadership framework and it really is about when you get to meet yourself through the lens of your thrive factor archetypes it's giving you insight into your personal psychology you know so we look at it through the lens of the strengths of the archetypes and the potential challenges because the strengths can mitigate the challenges and the different archetypes that you may have you could have anywhere between three and six of a possible 12 in your thrive factor profile the different archetypes you have can kind of cancel out some of the potential challenges so they don't become actualized. So it really yeah, depends on yeah, what your yeah. archetypes are. But with knowing my own archetypes and being committed to practicing what I teach, so living them in, you know, ex- expressing them, being them every single day is gives me a position, puts me in a position as it does for anyone who gets to know their archetypes where I don't question who I am. And you know, how often in business do we second guess ourselves? Do we wonder oh, what we should all the time. Do? Do we go, oh my goodness, I need to be doing this because that looks like the latest trend in my industry. All of that kind of stuff. I don't even have to even think about that. I'm in my own lane. I'm confident and clear about who I am. And if I keep investing in being me, 
the rest of all that nonsense, yeah. which I think it is a lot of the time, just falls away. So 100%. I've mentioned the mentor-teacher archetype. You know, she's the archetype of wisdom and knowledge. The most important thing is to trust and to use my wisdom more than my knowledge. So my really my learned experience more than my, uh, my learn, lived experience more than my learned experience. But she's here to teach yeah. others. She's here to be a guide for other people so that they can learn things and do something with that learning. So that just is inherent in every single aspect of my business. Yeah. Inspire a Believer is another archetype that I have. The Inspire a Believer is the cheerleader archetype. She sees the good in others, sees the potential in people. She has an incredible belief system that really drives her and an in, in, in infectious, yeah, excitable energy that people just love. So she's present in every single coaching session I have and every piece of teaching that I do. The Inspire a Believer shows up. I always say she's kind of got her uh, metaphorical pom-poms ready to go. Like <laughs> Ready to go, yeah. Yep. Here she and is. the choreographed dance routine. <laughs> if you call it like the, what's one of the, the trends that you see a lot of younger women have been talking about being like a hype girl, that kind of thing. That's inspirable yeah. energy, right? But it's natural for me to do that. I literally see and sense the potential in other people. So it's no question for me about what well, cheering them on to do something that they want to do. Yeah. And that's also yeah. is amplified the gifts of that archetype by my visionary creator archetype. Visionary creator of the 12 is the rarest archetype I've seen show up in the profiling that I've done of over a thousand women in business. It, it probably under 30 visionary creators that I've wow. met in the world. Yeah. Um, I, again, I didn't recognize that that was going to be as rare as it was until I started profiling and getting evidence to show that. And taken me a long time to actually I guess lean into the gifts of that archetype the visionary aspect of it means that I have a really clear sense of what's possible in the future yeah challenge with that is that I get incredibly frustrated because if I can see it and I can sense it and I know it's possible why can't it happen now impatience of it totally and one of the shadow aspects of the visionary creator is impatience (laughs) yeah and when you're impatient you lack trust in being able to hold that vision and see that vision but one of the other things about that archetype that is incredibly valuable for business is that she has an innate sense of strategy so she's very strategic in the way that she does things and the strategy is the strategy is all about using the creator of the visionary creator so that you're consciously working towards bringing that vision to life yeah so I teach my clients how to do that for themselves. They don't yeah. need to be a visionary creator to do that. Yeah, but it's a natural gift that I have because of that archetype. So yeah. I can use that to create strategies. And that's that making business easier thing. The last one. So I see the liberator engineer. She's a freedom weaver of the archetype. She's also the rebel. Yeah, it's kind of like I was talking to one of the Thrive Factor coaches yesterday who also has this archetype. And we were kind of having a laugh about the fact that someone says to us to do something one way, we're going to go, nope, I'm going this way. Just on principle, right? It's the rebel archetype. But she does it in a very quiet kind of a way. It's an archetype that's very capable. So she picks up things very quickly. She's very analytical, able to create systems, processes, frameworks. I created my my own framework, right? So this is where the liberator engineer comes in. But for the liberator engineer, if she does not have freedom woven into every single thing she does in her life and her business, nothing will flow for her at all. So that's why I call her the freedom weaver. I love how these tools, Shannon, like, and that, you know, you're able to um, help your clients with these tools because as women, we often don't give ourselves the permission to be ourselves. We can embrace these tools and we can accept who we are, which in turn gives us the courage, and people will say confidence, but I'll say courage, yeah. to pursue what it is that we want to achieve. Yeah, completely. And permission has been a word that has 
come up a lot. Like the number of times I've sat across from a, an incredible woman, you know, at a table or virtually and introduce her to her archetypes. And there's often a flood of different kinds of emotions that will come through. Uh, and often then that's followed by various phrases along the lines of, I actually like myself, like I'm looking at me here or, oh, that's why I've done that all my life or that's why I've been interested in that or that's why I want to do that in my business or my career or my life or, oh, now I get why, like those kind of things. And I also then have had a lot of women say to me, I feel like I have permission now to be me. Yeah. It's such a gift, honestly. And equally, I think it's important to highlight that from this perspective, from the Thrive Factor framework and using the archetypes to introduce a woman to herself, you know, it's a reliable now proven framework that's been out there in the world a long time, but it's founded in psychology. It's not, you know, so many women also say like, I've done so many of these kind of things. This is the only one that's actually looked like a reflection of who I know I am and who I want to be. Um, But it's not a definitive, this is all you are framework. It's a, this is who you are in this moment and it's like a springboard to who you could be yeah Yeah. I only know yes I've been defining the archetypes for 14 years but I learn new things about them all 12 of them all the time every time I'm doing some kind of a coaching session with a client and we're referencing her archetypes I have the potential to learn something new I think the mental teacher is very um is a good archetype for me to have because I expect to learn things all the time So I'm constantly evolving what I know and what I understand about the archetypes and then the added benefit of having now the coach community, they're bringing their feedback in into what their archetypes are. And that's the thing, look, you know, going back to being a business owner, you know, you can't stay as you are. Like you might experience things and learn things, but if you don't do anything with that experience and that learning, you don't evolve. That's it. And your business doesn't evolve with you. No. And when we are stagnant, it can be one of the most frustrating places to find ourselves in. And when we've created that stagnation ourselves, I think a lot of people don't recognize that they can change things. You know, if I look about or understand or to share about the principles underpinning or the the pieces of self-leadership, I've defined self-leadership as it's the result, like the lived experience of the choices you make and the action you take. Yeah. And that that just honoring and and being in that space puts you in a, a space of also self responsibility, and you're no longer kind of a victim. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of that word, but you're no longer kind of defined by your circumstances. You're like, you know what? This is the reality I'm living through, or I'm experiencing, or where I'm at right now. But I can change that. And I often will say to to people um, in all kind of contexts, we are individually the biggest influencer in our world. But you've got to recognize that and own it. And then when you have, though, a, a reliable framework, like something like the Thrive Factor or whatever other people resonate with, you've got a place like a compass to come back to. You know, so when I have moments an anchoring. of yeah, an anchoring, but it's not anchoring you down and holding you back. It's, no. it's gathering you to, to yeah. your innate potential is what we refer to it as. And when you know who you are and you are consciously and intentionally using your archetypal strengths, that's where you unlock your effortless success zone. That's another phrase. Yeah talk about a lot in my world things just get easier yeah not sitting there going oh why does this keep happening you're like oh I see that that's this shadow influence of this archetype that keeps coming up but I know that if I use this strength of this other archetype that no longer is a challenge for me yeah Yeah? so you're just like yeah empowered moving forward so Shannon how many years have you been in business now this is my 18th year 18th year wow Mm. and like you know obviously you know you've evolved the business exponentially um especially with your um thrive factor archetypes 
but also, you know, you've changed, you know, personal circumstances have changed for you over that time. Yeah. How do you think, you know, obviously I think these archetypes would have helped you immensely during so that much. journey. So yeah. Yeah. But how do you think kind of like how has that process, I don't, I don't know if the, with defined is the right word, but how has that kind of helped you for the future? I think all of the things that I have experienced have given me a sense of res- and a knowing of resilience. Yeah, I, I, like I'm, I'm kind of been aware that I have a strong character most of my life you know I was told when I was at school I was relatively quiet because I'm a big observer but like at the same time a a kind of chatterbox in the classroom so I was told that I was kind of like you need to kind of curtail your personality and and again you know if I look at my archetypes the visionary creator archetype that I have my one of my nieces has this so it's been an interesting thing she's 16 talking with her about why school isn't her favorite place because it kind of we're in a that visionary aspect is futuristic thinking so what the kids were talking about at school I was so bored right and I I didn't realize at the time I didn't know what that was but that was you know I wasn't a a naughty kid because I also have a need which is often a mentor teacher thing to be the good student so it was kind of a contradictory thing and then I've got the rebel of the liberator engineer going yeah you've just taught me how to do it that way and I have to follow that process but I know that I can actually do it I've got a better way (laughs) Right, so maths maths classes for three years. I had the same teacher through year eight, nine, and ten. My first three years of high school back then, and he was so frustrated because I would get to the right answer. But you know, I don't know if you remember this, but back then, and I'm sure it's the same now. You had to show you're working out, and yes, they were yes. to follow, follow the process that you were taught. Well, my working out never followed the process, but I got the right answer. And used to I used to drive him mental because he would mark me down because I didn't follow the exact process that I'd been taught at school. And I was, and I would argue back that, but I got the right answer. There's more than one way to get to the result. I struggle with this. I'm the opposite, Shannon, because I'm like, okay, give me an example of what needs to be done for a maths problem. And then I'm yeah. right to work it out. Yeah. Well, I just need an example. A different archetype that you have that is Exactly. But like my son come home, comes home from school and he's like, oh, we're using this strategy today, but maybe yeah. next week we'll use this strategy. I'm like, how many strategies is there? Just tell me one way to do it and I'll do it. <laughs> Like if I think about something I often talk about with clients and, you know, I've shared this a little bit on the podcast, my own podcast, um, is that there's no one way to achieve the success you desire. Just like there is, like for every single individual out there in the world, we all have our own definition of success. We all have our own definition of what it means to thrive. Like know who, what yours are, know, know, you know, where that goes. But, you know, it's that, as I said, I know, knew that I had a strong character. I know that, and I've been encouraged all my life. I think it drives my mum insane still sometimes to have my own opinions and to think for myself. And, you know, there was definitely times in my life where I would be encouraged to use, as my family used to say, use your smarts. Like, you know, you've got a brain, like use it to for whatever advantage or whatever you can. Think about it, like think through things. So I'm great grateful for the role models that I had, definitely. And for over the years, I have found myself in different situations where I've often had friends or connections in, whether it's been work or in personal life, that have been a lot older than me, who've really been wise guides. And also it's been a real great thing because as I said it's not that I don't like people my own age I do but when I was younger the kind of conversations that I wanted to have kids weren't having yeah Yeah. it was kind of like so I didn't kind of fit in in that normal social construct of being a teenager (laughs) at all and my niece is you know my niece Mia is is much the same so again having the trifecta archetypes having profiled her and being able to say to her 
this is why you feel like this. This is why this isn't kind of working for you right now. But you've kind of also got to go through the process because this is the way the world works. At the other side, you know, in, this is all the possibility and potentiality for you. But yeah, yeah, but for me, definitely everything in my life has been a sense of resilience. The challenges, the frustrations, the personal stuff that's gone on, you know, there's, it's just built, built kind of layers of, yeah, and given me an opportunity to affirm again, yet again who I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that so much, Shannon. And I love how, um, I guess, you know, when we connected and we were so much on the same page in that, you know, um, not only do you need to kind of have the support of, um, you know, knowing who you, who you are, but you also need to have the support of people around you. Community. And leaning into that community. Yeah, so important. And I'm not one for massive communities. You and I talked about that in terms of that big networking kind of event. And it's just like, yeah, just can't, no, I can't even be bothered with that kind of thing. But when you can have that opportunity to have a smaller, intimate space and really get to know people, it's so nourishing. You know, and now having, well, we've had a few events over here for WA for She Will Shine, seeing the same women coming back, seeing new women come along, hearing them talk about, oh, this was so different to what I've done before. And I feel good. And we had really great conversation. And I want to connect beyond this kind of meetup. You know, that is just so nourishing for me. And, and you know, as I said to you when we first connected, which is through kind of mutual connections, a, a member of yours in um, Victoria. In fact, then I kind of started to see how many people I knew in Victoria, particularly because I know that's the, the biggest in terms of membership for state-wise across Australia, how many of them were connected to She Will Shine. It's like, of course. And um, but just kind of reaching <laughs> The good out. ones, all the good ones. <laughs> going, you know what? I don't want to start a networking thing. I don't need to do that. I don't have time to do that. But what else is out there that is aligned values-wise to me to where I could maybe be, the, as I became, the ambassador over here in the West? And I, I love that. I remember saying to you when we first had our first catch-up, I'm like, have you thought about branching into the into Western Australia? And you were like, yeah, sometime, like at some point. Let's just, can we do it now? And then it kind of just happened. Yeah. It's yeah, it amazing. And I think for me personally, like on a personal note, um. Yeah. You know, the East Coast, I'm familiar with, you know, like that's kind of my jam. Um, but the West Coast, I was like, oh, yeah, I've visited there a couple of times, but I don't really know that many people. I've got yeah. a cousin there, but I don't really know much about the people. And it's just been so, um, so fulfilling because it's like you kind of, you build something, right? You know, if, if you build it, they will come. Okay, well, we all know it takes a bit more than that. Yeah, <laughs> but seeing it replicated like you know the when the values are there yeah. and when it all comes from such a good place of um positivity and support and um community like that true sense of community yeah. yes. when you have those values and when you see that replicated I haven't even visited you guys in Perth yet and you're just yet. amazing yet let's get underline yet yes. um but seeing that come to life somewhere else it's like oh my gosh wow it's 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 very cool and you know I do sit in a position of feeling very honored that you've trusted me to kind of be the 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 face for Western Australia um 
because yeah, we are a long way away and it's not uncommon for people on the East coast of Australia to kind of think of us as a whole nother country. Like, you know, from where I am, I can fly to parts of Asia faster than I can get to the other side of Australia. You know, know, things like that, you guys can get to New Zealand and Fiji and all those kind of places quicker than you can get to, to Perth. So, you know, we, it's no surprise that we feel like that we, that there is a huge divide because there is a massive big kind of space in the middle of Australia. right. Yeah, some yeah. stuff in it but not a lot um yeah while we really are not that much different it can feel I imagine yeah, for, yeah. from your position like it's literally a world away you know navigating it's been fun navigating time zones and like reminding oh my you. gosh that's a whole another ball day <laughs> you're like yeah we're doing this lunch catch-up it's like yeah you're 12 o'clock and our summer is 9 a.m so yeah it can work but like don't call it a lunch catch-up anymore because yeah doesn't that's not that's right and we've had those conversations yes it's not going to entice west australian people who often have had experiences over their entire lives if they've been here a long time or from here of the east coast you know kind of going yeah we're doing it we're doing like yeah what is it friday afternoon drinks and we're like yeah but that's kind of (laughs) good morning (laughs) yeah right so you know and kind of feeling like people didn't acknowledge that it's a bit like when I a little things quirky things like when you see people in the northern hemisphere only referencing the seasons and the northern hemisphere and there's a little part of me that goes wait a second there's a whole other half of the world underneath like and our doing seasons. something else that's like, right kind of things right yes. yeah so, so some people over here in the west can definitely be a little bit defensive about no one cares about us and I, I just certainly oh we can in the corporate space where people would kind of fly in from Sydney and Melbourne and and you know the bigger cities in in Australia and kind of go oh, this is just like a country town it's like no we got a big city here and it's like yes it's a far away from everything yeah it's but- a beautiful city too well I think it's worked for the better in all honesty like the time zone thing the things that we we're doing in the morning when as you over lunch which works yeah. out for you guys and works good for us so we're kind of we're finding our way through it. Of course we are. Of course we are. Yeah. And it's such a pleasure. Like even, you know, I've chatted to our new members over there as well. And just the feedback I'm getting from them with you, it's just its just a beautiful thing. And I'm so proud of what we've created together in a way. Yes, we, we should tell everyone who's listening. We have a big goal over here to have a, you know, lots of growth with our membership in, in on the West Coast and to really make our mark with She Will Shine over here. So um, if you're listening and you, whether if you're here, obviously come and come to one of our events, but if you're not, and you know, someone who's over here and they are a woman in business or maybe a leadership role, maybe they're looking for a great community. Tell them about She Will Shine. hundred percent, hundred percent. Come along, try us out. Now, Shannon, just before we finish up, I wanted to ask you one more question yes. over your business owner journey, yeah. the many years, what are you most proud of? Oh, what am I most proud of? Like there's a thousand things like rushing to my mind about all the cool things that I I have done and experienced. But you know what? I think the reality is that as a coach, that I'm still here, you know, 18 years in coaching, while it's a no barrier to low barrier entry, doesn't necessarily have a long tenure. Coaches often come in, they're kind of like, yeah, here I am. And they're gone again within probably. Come and go. So the fact that 18 years in business coaching, that is something I'm incredibly proud of. I'm so proud to be a coach, to be a qualified coach. I'm a big advocate for a lot of things to do with that. I speak out about it more than I ever thought that I would. Um, 
and because I want there to be a rigor and professionalism in this industry because it has such an incredible place in the world in terms of its its connection to supporting individuals and groups. So yeah, I think that's probably it. And you know, people say to me, oh, what's what's your kind of key point of difference? And at times the cheeky part of my liberator engineer has gone, Well, I've been in business a long time. Like, you know, but Yeah, but it's true. It is true. It is now. Like, you know, and that good mind you, those first few years felt like I was gonna take forever to get anywhere. And all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, here we are in our 18th year. Amazing. That's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah. Well done on 18 years and here's Thanks to many so. more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't I yeah, someone said to me the other day, a friend of mine who's employee, um, when are you gonna retire? I went, I don't know what that word means. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know teaching and maybe speaking on stages and you know hosting retreats as long as I physically and mentally can like I can't see that stopping it may change over time but you know I don't want to work forever but it's not work like I love it so much and it's such an integral part of who I am in the world that you know and I said this is my legacy yeah yeah 100% thank you so much Shannon for sharing thank you a piece of you with all of us we um we're really appreciative of it yeah I love it thank you so much for having me and for you know starting she will shine (laughs) like what a gift it's been to so many women so it's such a great thing to be a part of thanks Shannon and thank you to everyone for joining us for today's episode with Shannon Dunn and we look forward to speaking to you again next time see you soon thanks for joining us if you enjoyed this episode of the she will shine podcast we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au. She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.